Introduction to LGBTQ plus awareness, gender, brought to you by Assemble You. It's time to work on you, so sit back and listen to practical, actionable advice to accelerate your progress. In this track, we'll define some important terms relating to gender, explore the experiences of trans people in employment, and provide some practical information on how to make your workplace safer, more accessible, and more inclusive for trans colleagues. LGBTQ+, stands for lesbian, gay, bisexual, transgender, queer or questioning. The plus is an inclusive symbol for people who don't fit into traditional categories of gender or sexuality. This track will focus on the T, which is trans. Let's begin by covering some important definitions. The following can all be found in Stonewall's glossary, which you'll find in the reading list. Gender identity is a person's innate sense of their own gender, whether male, female, or something else, which may or may not correspond to the sex assigned at birth. Gender expression is how a person chooses to outwardly express their gender within the context of societal expectations of gender. Cisgender, cis or non-trans, refers to a person whose gender identity is the same as the sex they were assigned at birth. Trans is an umbrella term to describe people whose gender is not the same as, or does not sit comfortably with, the sex they were assigned at birth. Gender is a social construct, which has been created socially and culturally around assumptions and stereotypes based on sex differences. The Law Society states, Gender pronouns such as he, him, his, or she, her, hers, are the way that we constantly refer to one another's gender identity. Everybody has pronouns and uses pronouns to speak about other people. A way to ensure you are not misgendering somebody, disrespecting their gender identity, or incorrectly assuming their gender, is to ensure that you are using the correct pronouns. Some people use gender-neutral they-them pronouns. For example, Alex called me to tell me they have fixed the printer. There is no way to determine which pronouns somebody uses without them voluntarily communicating theirs so remember not to assume. The same is true of assuming anybody's gender in any context. Somebody else's gender identity can never be up for debate and is never open to your own interpretations or analysis. Open dialogue about pronouns, more specifically the importance of making a concerted effort to learn and remember people's pronouns, is a step towards making a workplace safer and more inclusive for trans colleagues. Not singling out somebody who is trans to share their pronouns is also a significant part of this. It can feel threatening to be the only person in a space to be asked about pronouns. It perpetuates the harmful idea that trans people must continually explain their identity or somehow owe colleagues a detailed explanation of their existence. Cisgender people sharing their pronouns around transgender people can also be a marker of safety and understanding to a trans person, that they are interacting with someone who has an understanding of trans inclusion. In general, it's important not to interrogate someone or ask intrusive questions about their gender or transition. There may be things you are curious about or do not understand. However, it's not the responsibility of that person to educate you about their identity. Some transgender people don't mind answering polite questions in some circumstances but always ensure you have their consent 
and do not ask invasive questions. Make sure you're using somebody's name and pronouns correctly. The act of deadnaming somebody is using a birth name that they no longer use and do not wish to be associated with. It's a highly problematic practice for a number of reasons, including the fact that, as Forbes highlights, a transgender person's birth name may serve as a reminder of the abuse that they experienced before or even during transition. To not use somebody's name is to delegitimize their entire identity. It sends a clear message that you do not respect who they are. As the insightful Forbes article outlines, when you are discussing something that happened prior to a person's transition, you should still refer to the person by their chosen name and pronoun. This is the case even if they were not yet being referred to with their chosen name and pronoun at the time the event being discussed took place. Be mindful too of your capacity to out somebody who is trans. Outing is when you disclose an LGBTQ person's gender identity or sexual orientation without their consent. You may even unintentionally do this if you know somebody is trans, for example, but no one else in the team does, and they have not explicitly said that they are comfortable with other people knowing this. If you deadname someone, you are inadvertently outing them. It's not only an issue of privacy and respect, but can be very often a safety concern. In certain spaces, it can be dangerous for somebody to be out. Always get a transgender person's consent before discussing their gender identity with anyone who may not know. One in eight trans people has been physically attacked by customers or colleagues in the last year because of being trans, according to Stonewall Research. Levels of abuse and violence speak volumes about the risks posed to trans people in their daily lives. It can't be assumed that a space is safe, and employers must explicitly demonstrate what they are doing to make workplaces safer. This needs to be reinforced by evidence, and it's not simply an absence of physical danger that creates safety. Comfort and true inclusion should be the goal, with personal safety as the bare minimum expectation for any individual. Talking about safety and diversity is not the same as actively demonstrating an inclusive workplace. The same research found that 21% of trans people wouldn't report transphobic bullying at work, and half of trans people have hidden their identity for fear of discrimination. These figures indicate that current structures and systems don't instill confidence that harm could be effectively addressed. In their article for HBR, Christian N. Thurgood, Katina Sawyer, and Jenica R. Webster emphasised the importance of protecting and promoting the rights of people of all gender identities and expressions, and increasing employees' understanding and acceptance of their trans colleagues. It's a team effort to actively engage in change around rights, inclusivity and safety. And it's certainly not an effort that should be placed on the shoulders of trans people. Like with any element of anyone's identity, be sensitive to a person's cues and willingness to talk about themselves. Analyse your motivations for asking questions and respect everybody's right to privacy. Be conscious too that trans people are not defined by their gender. Be cautious not to contribute to a workplace culture that is threatening or uncomfortable. If you have a question, perhaps do your own research rather than rely on someone trans to answer it. The LGBTQ plus community is infinitely diverse 
and it can be exhausting for one person to be involuntarily nominated as a spokesperson. In an article about supporting LGBTQ plus colleagues' mental health for HBR, Bernie Wong advocates that managers create visibility by highlighting LGBTQ plus events, initiatives, employees and leaders. Demonstrate allyship by addressing and correcting non-inclusive language, policies or practices. Or even formalise allyship like Accenture did through their global ally programme of 120,000 plus members or PGIM through their Mental Health Champions Programme. Model healthy practices around both LGBTQ plus inclusivity and mental health. From sharing your pronouns, to being authentic about your own mental health, to practicing healthy work norms. So clearly, there are many practical steps you can take to combat transphobia. The very first being to recognise the challenges your trans colleagues might face at work. This week, Why not do your own research on allyship, and if any questions have arisen for you as a result of this track, then Stonewall and LGBT Foundation are great places to start. Plus, why not seek out positive news stories about trans and non-binary influencers or business people? For example, Carmen Carrera, CEO of digital marketing agency CC3 Entertainment. Kenny Ethan-Jones, writer, advocate, model, entrepreneur. Angelica Ross, founder and CEO of Transtech Social Enterprises. Paris Lees, journalist, presenter, campaigner and author. Juno Dawson, author, screenwriter, actor and podcast host. Alok Vade Menon, writer and performance artist. Discrimination is very real and so prevalent, but trans people shouldn't be defined exclusively by the transphobia they face. Seek out complete, comprehensive and joyful narratives too. That's all for today. Thanks for listening.